With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Running the option on first down. Hagan has it. He has room. He's got one man to beat. Now he pitches to Flanagan, and he may take it all the way. Flanagan's in for the touchdown. McKinley Wright from the logo. Got it! Oh, McKinley Wright. Welcome in to the DNVR Buffs podcast presented by In We Go. I'm Henry Chisholm, and uh, it's about 6 o'clock on Sunday. Just finished watching the Buffs lose that game to Stanford, and uh, we're going to talk about it. Um, I have a whole bunch of thoughts, and the first one is that Colorado really deserved to lose that game. Uh, The officiating wasn't great. There were bad calls. Um, there, there were probably more bad calls that hurt Colorado than hurt Stanford, especially late. Tyler Bay's kind of getting hacked, that kind of stuff. But, I mean, that's not that was not what made the Buffs lose the game. The Buffs lost that game because they were sloppy, because they weren't playing with the same intensity, with the effort that they played with for so much of this season. And it seems like up until about a week ago, they still had that, um, but it's gone. Uh, they their defense is almost non-existent, um, especially early in in these games. You know, today against Stanford, um, there were a couple possessions where they made Stanford fight early, but most of the time, Stanford was doing whatever it wanted. Um, you know, they they drive to the paint, they'd feed to Silva. Um, I think at one point they had scored like 20 of their 27 points in the paint. That's what you can't do. Uh, you can't be giving up points in the paint because that's the easy stuff. You know, that's what every team is trying to do on every possession is get into the paint. And if they can't get in the paint, that's when you start like hunting threes. Or even if you do get in the paint, maybe kick it out. But, but the first look is always, do I have a clear path to the basket? And too many times tonight, the answer for Stanford was yes. Um, it's frustrating. And again, what's most frustrating is that, you know, that's what this team is supposed to be as a defensive team. You know, we were talking about, I remember a couple months ago, talking about how they're a top 10 defensive team in the country. And uh, they were a good offensive team too. And that's that's why they had the potential. They, they started making those three-pointers and they're like, wow, look, not only can they defend, but 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 Colorado can also fill it up they can score with anybody 
And and that's when we started to see the team that we all started buying into and started to think that, you know, they're they're twentieth now and they could be jumping up two fifteenth, two tenth. And then they hit those frustrating losses that would drop them back um, when they were like on the edge of the top 15. Um, but but yeah, I mean, the, the difference is that for some reason, it's, it's like they just aren't playing defense. And, and you can almost get away with that when you're an offensive team. You can kind of get away with not forcing your offense, you know, or not playing super intense on offense. But defensively, as soon as the effort is gone, it all just blows up. Um, it, it all just disappears. You know, when, when you're a good offensive team, you know, you, you look at the Warriors teams from the last couple of years, and even if they weren't getting their offense, people aren't cutting that kind of stuff, you're still throwing up shots that are going to fall pretty often. Like, it, it does end up just going back to talent at the end of the day on the offensive end. Can you make shots or not? And on the defensive end, if you're not trying, then all of your def- defensive strength is just... And it, it doesn't do anything. Um, and that's kind of what we're seeing again, especially for the first 30 minutes of the game, probably before they started to turn it on. Um, that doesn't work. Stanford's a good team. Stanford isn't a great team. Uh, Colorado had plenty of opportunities. Stanford was kind of shooting itself in the foot. You know, they took so many quick shots that frustrated me just as like somebody who's interested in basketball, you know, great for the buffs, but like, what are you doing? You have this lead. Why are you taking that sort of shot? Uh, the turnovers, the bad decisions they were, they were making, um, you know, even even when you look at De Silva early in the game, you know, the first time around, the first time De Silva played the Buffs, he didn't score a lot, but he was getting the ball a lot in the post and just wasn't finishing. Um, and we saw some of that tonight, too, when early on, those first few possessions, you're like, oh, wow, they're really trying to feed De Silva. They think that, you know, obviously he's their best player. He's also their big man, and he's bigger than Colorado's big man. He's longer and taller. Um Nobody's bigger than Evan Batty. Um, and, and so it seemed like they just wanted to feed him the ball and let him kind of shoot over everybody. And that was kind of what he did the first time around. And, you know, there's injury and there's all that other stuff. Um, but, you know, he, he missed some shots, but he rebounded his own shots. And then they started falling the first time he tried. And from then on... There it went. And and Colorado made a couple great adjustments. You know, we, we saw De Silva get double teamed in the post a couple times and lose the ball. And you you see that and you're like, wow, yeah, that makes sense because that's that's a mismatch. That's their biggest mismatch is De Silva in the paint. Um, and it worked. And then they kind of got away from it again. And it's almost like they waited for De Silva to actually take advantage of that matchup before they adjusted, which is an interesting conversation to have. You know, when you go into a game, do you do you go into the game saying, okay, let's take away their strength, even if that leaves us exposed somewhere else? Or do you say, let's make them actually beat us with the strength and... Uh, and if they do that, then we'll then we'll switch things up. Um, kind of looked like they went in there saying, "We're going to play this team straight up, man to man. We're not going to be hedging. We're early. We're not going to be jumping um, the switches early. Any of that kind of stuff. It's just straight up. Let's just play the, our defense and see how it goes, and then tweak things from there." Um, and you know, De Silva did miss those shots too early on. The problem is that he just got his rebound too many times, um, and then he got hot. 
Uh, Wills obviously went crazy. Nobody could stop him. He was running around whoever tried to stop him. He put Lucas Seward, and I don't mean to put Lucas on blast because nobody played well defensively tonight, um, except for maybe Ken. Um, we'll, we'll get into him in a little bit. But there was one play in particular where Seward is I, I think he uh, Wills has already beaten his first defender and uh he has a few feet of space he's like at the free throw line and Seawert might be at the arc in the paint and uh he just cooks him and goes right around him for the layup and and again I don't say that because it's Lucas Seward's fault that everything went wrong tonight so many people made defensive mistakes and he did too um that's a tough matchup for him anyway but it's just so frustrating and, and the the points off the turnovers Dalen Koontz with the turnovers the turn into fast break points which were also points in the paint they're the easy kind just just brutal and you know I, I thought we were past this um but you know this last week week and a half we've seen that Colorado isn't past this. This is still a problem. And you, you know what? When it's this late in the season, it, it really does just suck the soul out of you. You know, what What are the expectations going forward? They have the one more game against Utah. Uh, they need to win it. They really need to win it. Um, but Utah has beaten some good teams in that arena. So factor that with the way that Colorado has played recently. And, I mean... If if I were if I were betting, I would not be putting money on Colorado. I'll tell you that right now. Um, but yeah, and then after that, you're straight into the tournament, and it looks like Colorado won't get a buy. That means they need to string together what four wins? Let's see. Yeah, four wins to be uh, the conference champions. Um, that's a lot. That's tough to do, especially for a team that is where Colorado is right now. And from there you get into the NCAA tournament. Um, and that seed is falling with every mistake this team makes. So yeah, uh, it's, it's too bad. And again, it seems like a lot of it is just effort. And it's almost like they've forgotten that what made them so good was that they played so hard consistently and and that's actually what made them a good basketball team. They, they you can't just turn it on at the end. You you can't you, you can't just rely on your offense to carry you through 75% of the game, which you know that's what happens in the NBA. You know as as, as we talk right now, I think the Nuggets either just finished off a game against the Raptors or just finishing off a game, something like that, and they put up 100 points. Um, through three quarters, and the Raptors were right on their tails. You know, it's it's almost like there's no defense until you get to the end, and then that's when you actually play. Um, and that's what Colorado seems to have been doing recently. They they just aren't hustling. They aren't running down the court. They aren't focused. They aren't locked in. You know, I I think. I can't remember what exactly happened. There was a turnover right after McKinley subbed back in in the first half. Um, when uh, somebody turned the ball over, it's like the top of the three-point line, and K- Kin just like looks at him, and 
does like the palms up and kind of digs into him a little bit. And you need that. Like, it's almost like Kin is the only one who's seeing, like, nobody is trying right now. Do you guys not understand? Like, this this is not what we do. And Kin played really well. Um, I, I haven't actually looked at the stat line, but the eye test, he was by far their best player. Yeah, so I guess he, he was only 1 of 7 from 3, 6 of 20 from the field, uh, 7, uh, or no, 11 rebounds, two assists, couple turnovers, a block, and the three steals. And the three steals are what really stand out because that's what Colorado needed. I guess the block, oh, was a great block, too, on a three-pointer. But, you know, the he was the only one who was playing the passing lanes. And I guess the steal number is a little bit bigger, but that's mostly because Stanford was sloppy. It just seemed like Kin was baiting him and taking the ball and f- was focused in and was fighting and... You just didn't see a lot of that. You saw some late. You you saw Tyler Bay kind of get into it late, um, but but that's again not enough. That's not how this game works, at all, <laughs> at all. It might work in the NBA. It does not work in college basketball. On top of that, you know the the shots weren't falling, but the shots weren't really falling for Stanford either. They shot fifty three percent from the field. But they only shot 21% from three, in part because they really didn't have to take that many threes because there was so much open for them inside. Um, it's just brutal. And, and you know, when, when you say the, the points in the paint, that's not just on the big men. Um, a lot of it is the blow-bys from the guards, um, them losing guys who are cutting to the paint. Um, and then that last line of defense is, you know, Tyler Bay, Evan Batty trying to make a play. And Evan Batty, I think, late really looked good defensively. But again, you, he struggled for a lot of the game. Um, four fouls as well. Uh, it, it's not, it wasn't a fun game to watch. And I was kind of worried going into it that this would happen again because... I don't know. It, it, for most of the season, when the Buffs have lost a game, you know, we've talked a lot about how they've bounced back, but they've bounced back while we all kind of thought that they would bounce back, you know? We, we, we see them lose, and you're like, oh, no, this is still a good basketball team. They're fine. They're going to go out and win. This one, I, if I was being honest, did not feel that way. I, I kind of figured this would be a game that was ugly and Stanford was going to beat them because that's just where this team is. It didn't feel like... You know, it was like, oh, a couple bad breaks in those last couple of games. They, they'll they get it straightened out tonight. I thought, no, they, they aren't going to get it straightened out. And uh, they didn't, and it was painful to watch for two hours just watching them. I don't even know what to call it. I don't even know what to call it, but just painful. De Silva played great. Um, again, he, he got – he only wound up with three offensive rebounds, but he had two – they might have cried in with two on one possession. But I know he had two about three, four minutes in. Um, and I guess his shot started falling, which helped. How about Kin with his own offensive rebound after throwing up that three? Um, see, that's the kind of stuff where it's like even, I don't know. I, I, I said he played well. I don't necessarily think he played well, but he played with effort, and that was enough to distinguish him from the rest of the team. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it, it's it's... It just makes it so obvious 
Because when you're watching this team a month or two ago, you see Kin fly around, you see Evan fly around, and Tyler and Shane and all these guys are like making plays and doing things. It's once per game. Everybody has a little moment where you're like, hey, that's that's good basketball. That's the kind of basketball that we want to watch Colorado play. Um, McKinley had a couple of those moments tonight. Um, those steals, the the block, his own offensive rebound, but there weren't many of those moments from anybody else. And and seeing Kin do that while nobody else did was just a reminder of how far this team has slipped over the last couple of weeks. Uh, because you can see what they looked like through McKinley Wright on the same court that you're seeing what they look like now and it's just painful it's just painful to sit through um 16 turnovers but again stanford had 17 stanford didn't play perfect basketball and that i think that if if anything is what should be frustrating it's hard to win games on the road stanford would have let colorado win that game there were plenty of opportunities like i said they're making bad decisions they're they're making bad passes they're driving when they shouldn't drive they're shooting when they shouldn't shoot and you know it's not always but when you get this late in the season and we've played all of the Pac-12 teams that we've been playing you know when you see a team make those mistakes you think wow can't do that you're gonna get jumped on for doing that and and they made a bunch of those mistakes when Colorado cut the lead to three with four minutes to go um Three, I think it was three minutes ago, three or four minutes ago, um, because there was that string of mistakes, something like five turnovers in five minutes, um, and they were missing shots, and Colorado had a 14-2 to two run, and all of a sudden they were right back in it. And then, you know what? There, there was a, a, a bad call in that next sequence with Tyler Bay, a missed call. Um, but also, Colorado couldn't make shots, and Stanford started making shots again. You know, they had that window. They created that window that they didn't deserve at all. You know, Colorado, every time they got close, I thought, wow. If they can actually pull this out, I don't know. You know what? If if you're not if you're not going to win the Pac twelve, then what this season is about is getting one of the top four spots in the tournament. Pac twelve title is out. Um and so that's what really matters is getting that by. Um, you know, the two seed is probably better than the three seed or the four seed, but I'm not even so sure of that at this point. You know, when you look at where the teams are, UCLA, the favorite to get the one seed, you have Oregon, you have Arizona. I don't really care which one of those teams that Colorado plays. I don't think it's going to make much of a difference in the result. You know, I'd say it's probably, well, I mean, if Colorado plays like they play tonight, it's probably 80-20 that Colorado loses to any of those three. Um, and so I don't really care whether it's the one seed that they play or the two seed or the three seed or whatever. I don't care about that path. What matters is getting that by. And they can still do that. They have to win on Saturday. Um, and I, I need to look around and see what the scores are and the matchups are for next week and see what exactly that scenario is. And we'll talk about it this week. But it starts with them actually winning that basketball game. And maybe maybe if they had just squeaked out a win tonight, it, it wouldn't have been the moment that this is where everybody is disappointed. Um, 
I'm obviously, I was at Blake Street Tavern tonight. Best place to watch the game, by the way, uh, other than at the actual game. Um, so I'm not out there at Stanford seeing what the locker room is like and talking to people and all that kind of stuff. But I'd imagine it's pretty gross in there. And I'd imagine, you know, I don't even know what Tad can say at this point. I, you almost wonder if him trying to light that fire under these guys the last week or so and it not working means like the if it's like watching the dunk contest you know where they they get, keep giving out tens and so when somebody has a better dunk than the rest all you can really do is give them another ten it's like well that's not how this should be should be working that's terrible it's that's kind of like Tad has been a ten trying to fire these guys up and uh, didn't work. And now where do you go? Um, maybe there's another level, but I, I think it has to come from somebody like Kin saying, "Wake the f up! Like, what do you what do you think we're doing here? Like, what what is what is supposed to be happening um, in your mind? Are, are we supposed to just be like cruising now that we but now that we aren't Pac-12 champions, we might as well lose out? Like, we blew the season. I I don't know what he has to say." But uh, somebody has to say something. I think it has to be him. I think it has to be Batty. I don't even know who in particular you're directing it to. But, ugh. Ugh. I'm, maybe they had to reach this low point to bounce back up to where they were. Maybe if they had actually caught up and won this game, you know, you play out that last 324 differently. Colorado comes out on top, and they're still kind of on cruise control to start games. I don't know. Um, that's a spin for sure, because if you if you win this game, then you still probably really want to win that Utah game, and it might still be the difference um, in a buy or not having a buy. But I don't know off the top of my head, and uh, who knows? Maybe they they can get a kick in the butt, bounce back against Utah, and then make a run in the tournament. Um, Again, I wouldn't bet on it <laughs> if you listen, if you guys are betters out there. It's only like what is it? Is it this month that people can start betting here? Maybe it's May. I'm not sure. Oh, that wasn't fun. That was not a fun game. Um, just painful. Just painful to watch, especially knowing what was coming. You know, it wasn't even like I got all excited and all day I was getting ready to watch it. And so at least I had like that good time before. All day I was like, okay, I'm excited to go get some food at Blake Street Tavern. Hopefully things go well, but I don't think this is going to be a fun one. And uh, it wasn't. And now here we are. And uh, who knows? We're going to talk about something a little bit happier now, and that is Inuigo, the presenting sponsor of the DNVR Buffs podcast. And what makes Inuigo so cool is that you get to go to so many different types of things. Um, obviously, obviously, I like uh, sports a lot, so I go to a bunch of Nuggets games. Most Nuggets games are on there. Most Avs games are on there. Uh, it's like Netflix for tickets. Seriously, you get... Um, depending on the package you choose, you get four tickets a month or like you can get up to six tickets a month. I think it starts at like two, but yeah, pretty much everything is on there. Um, and it's really convenient, uh, really easy to use. Um, you just go in and then when something's available, you 
take it. So like today, the Nuggets played the Raptors. That was on there. Uh, Miranda Lambert plays tomorrow. That's on there. She's playing Pepsi Center. Um, Tuesday, 303 with Lil John. Wednesday, the Avalanche play the Anaheim Ducks. Thursday, Westward High Style. Samplings of CBD and spirits. So I have no idea what that is because I haven't clicked on it. Most of the Rapids games are on there. There's one this weekend, the Mammoth. Uh, the Bucks game is on there. That's a tough ticket to get too. Um, and then sometimes it's just a free one liter Stein um, that you can go get. This one's at Pros. There's an axe throwing class. The Rangers. Thundercat. He's a bassist. I'm not sure if you guys like know of him. He's on like... Uh, a lot of Kendrick Lamar's albums, he plays the bass, but then he also does his own music, and he's kind of like outgrown that. But but he's playing the Ogden Theater. When's that? Thursday, March 12th. Um, so you could go to that too. Or the next day, or both. Friday the 13th. Did you know there was a Friday the 13th this month? I had no idea. Um, Avs play the Canucks. And again, all of that stuff is just in the next like less than two weeks. Strandhands Whiskey Distillery Tour. It's seriously incredible. Um, I've been paying for it ever since our last partnership with them expired. Third Eye Blind. Um, just because I've enjoyed it so much, it makes living in Denver so much more fun. It's also in other cities. I, I don't have the whole list in front of me, but if you guys are from out of town and are wondering if you have it, you can go to inwego.com and they will tell you. And the best part is that you can... Uh, get your first month for free using the code DNVR. Um, it's perfect. Uh, and there's really no reason not to try it. Um, most of Rockies games are on there. That's what I used to use it for all the time. I saw Kendrick Lamar. I saw Taylor Swift. I saw... Um, who else have I seen on that? Um... I can't even remember. There are a lot. There are, there are a lot of things on there. Uh, you guys have to check it out. And you'll probably run into me at all of the different things and everybody else at DNVR because um, we use that for everything. Uh, also, a uh, shout out to Breckenridge Brewery. I had a nice strawberry sky tonight at Blake Street Tavern while I was watching the game. Um, it made my night a lot better. <sighs> yeah. We don't, yeah. We're going to talk about basketball here again in a second. Let's not talk about it now. Um, yeah, uh, it was very good because it's a great beer. It's perfect for any situation. Um, I actually walked outside Blake Street Tavern and it was snowing and that was disappointing because I thought we were past that, but I guess maybe we are not. It's still cold here sometimes and I really hate that. Um, but when it does get just a little bit warmer, there is no better beer than the Strawberry Sky. Also, the Nuggets watch party. Uh, we went to Friday night. Yeah, that was Friday night. I had a handful of those uh, Strawberry Skies at Blake Street Tavern. Um, maybe even a second handful. It was a wild night. Um, yeah. Okay. Um, basketball again. Okay, um, so I think we got all the negativity out of the way. Usually, usually I like write something and then I do the podcast, and it helps me like formulate all my thoughts. Um, and then also I can be a little bit removed from what we just watched. But it was good to just get all of the negativity out right there, and we can talk about the good news. And that's that I really don't think it would take all that much for the bus to turn this around. 
Um, for as frustrating as they've looked, for the opportunities they've blown, um, you know, the the big one being the opportunity to win the Pac-12. Um, they know how to play basketball. You know, they they aren't doing it, and who knows? Maybe once they decide they want to, it might take them a game to get back into their rhythm. But I I don't think that it's that hard to flip that switch. I really don't. It seems like as soon as they all go out there and say, okay, we're focused in on every possession. I am guarding whoever I am guarding with all of my energy on every possession. Then I think that things could get turned around pretty quickly. Um, Offensively, the same thing. Everybody's moving and there's cutters and there's so many different opportunities. They work it into the post and back out. Um, the offense might be a little bit tougher to get back, but I don't think that's been the big problem. I mean, the turnovers have to be fixed. And 64 points, that's just not going to get it done. Um, but I, I, I do think that by fixing the defense up a little bit, getting some stops, you get out in transition more, and that could be huge. You know, we saw, again, that Colorado was at its best when they were picking Stanford's pocket and Stanford had so many turnovers what did I say earlier 16 turnovers 17 turnovers I think it was 16 uh no it was 17 Colorado had 16 um so many opportunities so many opportunities and they took advantage you know 16 points off those turnovers so I guess that's not great especially when Stanford had 20 points off of turnovers but when you think back there were so many of those um yeah, you got to get more from the bench. Um, I, I know that you, you cut down the rotation once you get into the tournament, um, and and that will keep more guys who can generate offense on their own on the court. But, you know, 10 points off the bench isn't enough. You know, that's kind of just what you need from Lucas Seward, and he can't be the only one scoring off the bench. Um, brutal got outscored 56 34 in the paint see these are not the numbers oh my goodness they outscored the buffs 40 to 14 on layups they had 20 layups colorado had seven layups oh that's frustrating um Okay, I was going to say positive for this segment though so we're going to stop looking at numbers because all the numbers are very bad um yeah, so I really do think that defensively, it's just about locking in. And, you know, you do need to get that chemistry back a little bit, you know, work back into the system a little bit. But we did kind of see them turn it on late again tonight. It was just far too late. You know, you have to do that for most of the game. And, you know, ideally the whole game, you're just playing your best basketball. But everybody's going to have their little defensive lapses. The problem is if you, you rotate, you have eight men in your rotation and they each have one defensive lapse, then that's eight. And if those are all giving up layups, then that's 16 points right there. And I think that that's kind of just where things are. It's not that it's every possession, everybody's bad. It's that once every five or six or seven possessions, somebody takes one off. Or, you know, if, if I'm Evan Batty, I'm, I'm playing really well defensively and I'm locked in for nine out of ten possessions. But... That 10th possession, I'm giving up a layup. And maybe on the 7th possession of that, Tyler Bay's giving up a layup. And on the 2nd, it's McKinley. And so when you just have consistently somebody making a mistake, I mean, it's a lot It's a lot like what was happening on the Buffs' defense in football as well. 
It was just always one guy just not quite doing his job, and most offenses were able to pick it apart. And then late in the season, they all realized, hey, if we just all do our job, then things will go well because that's how the system works. Um, Which sounds so simple. It sounds so simple when I say it out loud. And then I remember, you know what? These are not... These are not grown men out there. You know, they're 18 to 22 year olds. And uh, I don't know. As a 23 year old, I feel like I can speak on behalf of my, not generation, it's not generation. But you know what? Sometimes my brain will lapse as well. Um, And if I were to be playing 40 minutes of basketball, I would make a few mistakes in there too. I would do something dumb at some point. So yeah, I, I you know what it 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 won't be, it's it's going to be a little bit of a process. You need everybody figuring out the system. You need to get that rhythm back defensively. But if if they just try consistently, like everybody tries, possession in, possession out, just over and over and over, they're going to fix at least half of the defensive problem, probably quite a bit more, and all the other issues will kind of work themselves out over the next what 40 60 minutes of game time after that that's how i see it offensively they're just hit or miss um i do think that that's a little bit tougher to get the rhythm back um you just you need to be cutting you need to be driving you need to be aggressive and you honestly you need to get some transition opportunities going because that's how you get yourself into a rhythm offensively is those possessions where it's five seconds and three passes and you're whipping the ball real quick to whoever's open get the layup um, three-man weave type stuff Um, that's how you really get into a rhythm and when you can get one of those possessions then the next time down it's a lot easier to just get into the flow of things and have a more flow-based offense rather than one where everything just feels forced you know it it feels like every pass is difficult you know there was one turnover I think it was Tyler trying to feed Evan Batty in the post pretty late um and Evan or Tyler was kind of in the corner maybe a step inside the three-point line um unlike the near side of the court to the to the tv cameras and it's it's like he like pump faked like twice and somebody had inside position on Evan and then Tyler just like threw it to him and it was very obviously going to get intercepted and it did get intercepted and they took it down the court and just stuff like that where if it's not there don't force it but at the same time you look at where Tyler is and he's like he doesn't have any options other than to just try something there needs to be a backup plan somebody who's cutting off a pick on the other side of the court coming free so that if Evan isn't open in the post, which is a great look, and that's somewhere where you need to have your eyes, you know, see if see if something's open down there. But then also have an outlet for Tyler. Um, put him in a better spot so that, I mean, I'm not going to say his only option was to throw a very contested pass into the post, but it was pretty close to his only option. Uh, that offensive chemistry might take a little bit more work to get back and might take more time to get back. But again, just by cutting, just by setting picks off ball, by going back to the fundamentals and playing hard and nobody taking possessions off on that end either. 
I think that that would solve a lot of the problems. And then after that, I, I don't think that it's just this magic thing. You either have your chemistry or you don't. You know, once it's gone because they had it a month ago and they've peaked too soon, it's impossible, it's over. They, they planned wrong and they had to peak right now. That's not how peaking works. Um, it's not how chemistry works. It, if everybody just starts working really hard offensively and cutting and just being generally smart at the same time, good things are going to happen. And if you do that long enough, you do that for half a game, a game, a game and a half, then all of a sudden, I think that that chemistry is going to look right. And the ball is going to be popping around and it's going to be getting to open shooters. And Colorado is going to look like it did against Oregon in that first half on the road for most of the game at home. <sighs> feels so long ago, though. Um, again, that's no guarantee they do get it back. Um, I'm just saying that I don't think it's impossible. I'm not even sure I would bet on it. Um, I don't bet on anything, but I'll give you guys some betting advice, I guess. And if somebody says, will Colorado get its offense back, then you should probably say, well, what do you mean by that? Like, we should probably come up with a more structured bet here than just that thought, which is very subjective. If, if you don't say that, then just say no. <laughs> don't bet on that. Uh, it's going to be, it's going to be rough, um, likely, but Again, just the lack of effort is, it hurts. Because again, Colorado is a defensive team. They're, they have one of the best defenses in the country when they're playing well. Tyler Bay is one of the best defenses in the country when he's putting in maximum effort. Um, when they're not, defense evaporates pretty quickly. And Colorado has a good offense, but it's not a great offense. You know, I mean, again, these are subjective words, and there are 340 or whatever college basketball teams, Division One basketball teams, and a lot of them would love to have Tyler Bay and McKinley Wright and Evan Batty and all of them for their offense. But when you're looking around the Pac-12, they're good. They're not great. What's, what's great about Colorado is that defense and the fact that they have such a good offense to pair with it. And the problem is that when they don't play with effort, that defense just totally disappears. And a lot of that offense kind of disappears too. Um, the attitude's gone. The swagger's gone. Um, they, they don't play mean and physical. and uh, it's, it's frustrating. It's really frustrating. Um, yeah, I think more than anything, I think that's what we're all feeling because we know that Colorado is capable of more. Again, it, it's not just magically, oh, they peaked too soon, it's over. Um, no, you can get that back. You just have to work hard and do those sorts of things. So I think those are mostly my thoughts on all of this. Um, before we get out of here, I do want to tell you about Mile High Green Cross, which is an awesome place to pick up Anything that you need for your uh, cannabis life, um, you know they they have so many great deals. They have like their pre-packed ounces that are a great price. Um, they have the hash oil bulk deals, um, and they're only like a block away. They're at Ninth and Sherman in downtown Denver, um, right next to where I live. You'll see my big building. Um, 
There's a dog park out back. You could probably swing by and look at the dogs. I feel like after you go pick up a bunch of edibles, that'd be a fun thing to do. Um, I'd let you in the gate. I probably wouldn't hang out because it's so cold outside and that makes me really angry. But uh, yeah, Ninth and Sherman, they have parking in the back, great prices. And if you sign up for their membership, then uh, you get 20% off your purchase once per month. And uh, yeah, yeah. Okay, uh, if you guys have any thoughts, leave them in the comment section for today's show on the post at thednvr.com, and we will get to those tomorrow on Monday. Um, I guess I haven't heard officially, but I'm guessing there's no basketball practice. Usually there's an off day, and they play Saturday, so Sunday's the off day, and practice Monday. So typically there's a Monday practice, but I think with the game Sunday, there won't be, um, which means I'll be working from here and... Uh, doing a podcast from here um okay uh i will see you then i hope that this isn't too hard on you again they weren't gonna win the pac-12 anyway um just would have been nice to give us a little more confidence at this point but it's not over it's far from over and we'll talk about that tomorrow bye i think they like my colorado Man, I swear I think they like my
Colorado swag. I think they like my Colorado swag. Cause when I'm in that play, I don't really, I don't really know just how to act. And when I'm in that go, you know I'm acting bad. Holly get a bus with my Colorado swag. My Colorado swag. My Colorado swag. I think they like, I think they like my Colorado swag. My Colorado swag. My Colorado swag. Man, I swear, I think they like my Colorado swag.